Welcome back to NL Newsday. 5.37 is the time right now on this Wednesday. Yesterday was a Kamloops City Council Day. And as per usual, after a busy day at City Hall, I'm always pleased to welcome to the show the Mayor of Kamloops, Mr. Ken Christian. Mr. Mayor, how are you doing today? Very good, thank you, Jeff. Well, thanks as always for taking the time. Let's start uh, with the issue of taxes. Uh, the increase this year, as the budget is proposed right now, uh, would come in with a 0.93% increase. I uh, have been a City Hall reporter for about 10 years throughout my career, and I appreciate any time I see a tax increase come in under 1%. It's pretty rare that that happens. So I imagine that you're pretty pleased, given these COVID-19, uh, you know, life we're living, that a tax increase under 1% is, is a pretty good win here. Yeah, you know, uh, kudos to council. I think they gave direction to staff early in the process that we wanted to be uh, as close to zero as we could get and still maintain the service level that people expect in Kamloops. And uh, uh, staff sharpened their pencils and, and uh, council kind of put away a lot of their wish lists. And uh, we uh, were able to keep the tax uh, level under a 1% increase. And that's the first time certainly since I've been at City Hall that that's happened. Um, any concern about how that could impact future budgets, keeping it low this year, you know, kicking the can down the road at all in terms of increases or pretty confident you're not going to see any major sharp rises in, in the near future? Well, that's always the risk, right? Uh, you know, you often see that through the election cycle where people campaign on a zero tax increase and it goes zero four four, you know, and so we need to be uh, conscious of what future tax pressures are and uh, the way that uh, Kathy Humphrey, our chief financial officer, has uh, set up our budget process and, and a five-year window for our financial plan, I think that uh, we're in pretty good shape, uh, you know, barring any uh, unforeseen surprises out there. Now, uh, you know, of course, you guys went through the supplemental items yesterday, one by one, deciding what to approve and what not to approve. And for the most part, everything did seem to go through. I'll get to the police stuff that was uh, pushed down the road for uh, a little bit later here. But just was there anything that kind of stands out to you as we go through these items? I know the archaeologist and the uh, arborist were two things that you have been talking about for a while as things that would be really beneficial for the city to have in-house. Um, you know, was there anything else that you kind of looked at and thought this is going to be a real big uh, game changer for the city moving forward now that they have been um, added into this year's budget? Well, you know, the, the uh, parks technician and the arborist piece and, and uh, you know, in my comments uh, yesterday and uh, comments of other councillors, I, I think it reflects the increased use that we're seeing in our nature park system, over a million visitors, which is just astounding in a, in a city of 100,000. So uh, that is a tremendous asset that we have, and it's part of our natural assets. And just as we look after uh, the roofs of our buildings and, and our sidewalks, we need to consider our natural assets and, and maintain those as well. And uh, I think it's just good government, and I think it's going to help us in terms of our recovery, because it's certainly one of the unique features of Kamloops to have uh, the big inventory of nature parks that we have. And so uh, it, it's good government for us to uh, just maintain those and look after them. 
Now, when, when talking about bringing these positions in-house, you mentioned, you know, the, the natural resources tech, and, and I mentioned the arborist, I mentioned the archaeologist. Obviously, it is going to have savings that these positions aren't going to have to be contracted out when the city needs to hire someone to do that work that, that these positions are, are going to be doing. But is it also going to save quite a bit of time? Do you think that that is also another factor in this as well, that, that they're kind of readily available once they're a city staff member? Yeah, you know, the archaeology position is one that, uh, you know, that that's exactly what's going to happen. We have, uh, uh, you know, been contracting out archaeological services, uh, and, you know, there's a RFP process that goes along with that, and then you have uh, the potential of varying archaeologists uh, working on our uh, submissions. And I think this really is part of our commitment to uh, the TTES uh, in terms of uh, uh looking at uh, the uh, cultural uh, history of this region and, and the fact that we are in the ancestral territory of the Shukupan people, uh, I think we need to be very prudent as a, a level of government that the projects that uh, we are doing uh, really take the archaeological considerations into mind. Now, I, I wanted to, to swing over to the issue of policing here. Obviously, there was a number of uh, items within the supplemental um, list here that affect the Kamloops RCMP. Obviously, the municipal employees are something that they've been looking for for over a year now, right, when we're talking about the, the crime analyst position, uh, something that needed to be um, hired a while ago, and, and now the city is able to move forward with it here in 2021. Um, but the, the thing that I kind of was a little surprised to see get voted against was the police training facility and planning um, for that gun range, if you will, to be held here in, in Kamloops. It sounded like it would be something that would be beneficial for the community down the road, saving the police force money by not having to, to send uh, officers to Chilliwack to do training. There's also revenue opportunities for people to send um, people to, to Kamloops to do their training. Um, what, were you disappointed at all to see that go through, or, or what are your thoughts on that, that project? It's a pretty major project, right? More than $8 million would have gone into that facility, but um, you know, I, I'm just curious what, what you feel about that. Do you think it's something that Kamloops should be looking to acquire here in the near future. Yeah, you know, how I feel really doesn't matter. It's how council felt. And, and uh, council, uh, I think we're concerned, uh, you know, about the uh, business case or the lack thereof uh, and whether or not this would be a cost recovery facility. Uh, and and councillor cautious right now. They, these are kind of uncertain times, so there just really wasn't the uh, willingness to give that approval in principle, uh, you know, uh, and, and uh, so be it. Uh, that's uh, a facility uh, that, you know, you know, I, I think on on the face of it, looks like it it could work. Uh, we do see a lot of uh, training needs internally, and uh, the notion was to partner up with other agencies that require uh, that kind of training and see if something could work in Kamloops uh, to service the entire interior. But uh, you know, big projects during a pandemic probably have an uphill ride, and that was one of them. Now, the other I issue that is being brought forward when it comes to RCMP was the Battle Street detachment and the need for some upgrades there. Obviously, storage is a major issue. Um, the $750,000 that was uh, approved to um, plan, right, begin the planning process for how those renovations would look was approved here this year. Um, I know this was something that uh, police were calling for last year as well, and then COVID-19 happened and we had to push things down the road a little bit. Uh, no-brainer, I assume, really, to do this. It's something that uh, is clearly needed here in, in Kamloops. 
Yeah, you know, there there were a number of police initiatives uh, that we talked about yesterday. I mean, uh, you mentioned the crime analyst, and that's one that uh, I'm, I'm particularly uh, interested in so that uh, we can continue to get accurate data about the uh, distribution of crime within the community. And, and by getting that data, then we can better deploy our resources to combat crime. Uh, so that's, that's something I'm very happy about. With regard to the detachment, uh, that building uh, was built for around 120 people, and uh, we have almost 200 people in that building now. Uh, so it's bursting at the seams, and, and uh, we need to uh, fetter out what resources are in that building that are actually regional and shouldn't be paid for by the uh, taxpayers in Kamloops, and what are municipal, and, and uh, what's the relationship between our holding cells, our jails, and KRCC, uh, what is the relationship between that building and the North Shore Police Building and the uh, RCMP uh, Provincial Building that's up near Aberdeen Mall. So all of those things need to be sorted out, and, and we need to uh, negotiate uh, a uh, distribution of costs that's going to be equitable for the taxpayers in Kamloops so that we are paying for police services within Kamloops and we're not paying for an ident unit that's providing services to a region. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes a whole lot of sense. Well, interesting to see what comes um, from that 750000 as as the planning process begins. Uh, one more thing I wanted to get uh, your, your thoughts on here, Mr. Mayor, before I let you go, and that is the notice of motion that was brought forward by Councillors Dale Bass, Sadie Hunter, and Kathy Sinclair. We talked about it a number of weeks ago when it was first kind of put out there, but a lot of discussion was held yesterday. So the, the notice of motion calling for an expansion to the homeless storage facility on West Victoria Street uh, to investigate building a day lodge, to do an in-depth study on social issues, to have city staff departments report on their contributions to social outcomes, to expand the city's safe and secure Kamloops groups, and to lobby the B.C. government for funding. So a, a lot uh, pretty much packed into this notice of motion. Sounds like it was a pretty in-depth and good conversation that was had, despite the fact that council ultimately voted um, against this motion. Uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts on the conversation that was actually had. About an hour was spent on this notice of motion, and obviously a lot of good, I think, came from it. Do you, do you see what was talked about yesterday as being productive? Yeah, and you know, I do. I mean, uh, ultimately it was uh, defeated, I think probably because it was kind of an omnibus kind of res recommendation that had a lot of moving parts. But uh, what was rich was the discussion. And, and I think it reflected uh, the discussion that I'm hearing in the community. That people are frustrated and, and uh, really, uh, you know, looking for uh, solutions and, and looking for partners. And, and that was very evident. Uh, every member of council weighed in on it and, and the passion and the uh, depth of research was obvious. Uh, kudos to uh, councillors Bass and, and uh, Hunter and Sinclair for, for uh, making that part of a, a council discussion as well as a community discussion. Uh, but the reality is still there that, that there are a number of people on the streets of Kamloops that just really are uh, for a whole host of reasons, most of all uh, alcohol uh, and drug addiction and chronic untreated mental illness, really are not availing themselves of the supports that are there right now and uh, that is uh, frustrating uh, and it's causing a, a huge amount of disturbance for uh, business and their customers uh, in, in the city and all parts of the city but it's not unique to Kamloops and it's something that we really need to engage uh, in particular the government of British Columbia in and a whole host of fronts and I think uh, uh, you know yesterday uh, two 
portions of it that really were uh, quite evident for me was the the issue of uh, complex uh, care for those with very complex health needs uh, and uh, the issue of uh, you know the uh, uh, roaming as it were of people uh, because they have nowhere else to go and uh, the frustration with that is that you know uh, who operates it who pays for it is it a no barrier facility uh, and if it is then what kind of security are you going to have because uh, there are a lot of uh, disruptive behaviors on our streets that would become disruptive behaviors within a day lodge so uh, that that's a it's a very complicated problem and and I think ooh, the other discussion that we had uh, was about car 40 and our continued frustration with uh, uh, the mental health agencies uh, about not supporting additional car 40s uh, units and and we're prepared we have the car we have the police officer uh, we need the mental health worker and and the city doesn't have uh, mental health workers uh, you know that's the health authority and and uh, we need to continue that dialogue because uh, quite frankly uh, you know sending uniform officers uh, into some of these mental health crises is not uh, the best solution and, and often we hear about uh, very tragic outcomes uh, from those situations that simply escalate because of uh, the presence of, of uniformed uh, officers and they need to be de-escalated by a, a trained professional mental health social worker. So, you know, those are the realities that our police officers face every day and, uh, you know, they shouldn't really be the backstop for the health authority. So, you know, we need to continue that discussion in a very real way with the health authority and uh, uh, we're at the table, we have the money, we have the resources, we're ready to roll uh, but we're awaiting uh, that last piece yeah well i hope to see that piece come in sooner than later thanks so much for the time mr mr mayor always appreciate this and uh, have a great rest of your wednesday here thank you for the opportunity and for your continued coverage of uh, camel city council hey doing what we can that's camel's mayor ken christian